Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Secure Chat Podcast. Uh, I'm the host, Corey Pomeroy, and I'm joined here by Sean. And this month, we want to talk about how you can navigate the holiday season safe and securely. Sean, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving was pretty all right. Uh, it was a weird, you know, not a big gathering at all. It was just me and my parents, so um, not not too big of a thing. How was yours? It was good. I just had my brother over. We cooked a turkey. We just kept it small this year, just uh, with COVID cases now rising, going into the cold weather season. Um, we just wanted to avoid getting in, you know, big groups and spreading the stuff even more. Yeah, it's crazy just because, uh, you know, in Chicago and Cook County, I mean, I know the the cases, was something ridiculous where if you had 10 people in a group, there was like a 60% chance that somebody had it. It was something absolutely insane. So definitely, yeah, definitely a good idea. The exact number was like 40%. I mean, but that's just so high that, I mean, in Chicago, it's so hard to go out anywhere and not be in a group of 10. So you're basically, if, if uh, you're just going to be around COVID no matter what. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much the exact reason why we're recording this uh, podcast remote. It's the first time not seeing your beautiful smiling face while recording this. So it's a little, <laughs> little weird. Yeah. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's rough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if, if we sound a little different this, this month, that's because uh, we're, we're all working remote, uh, keeping ourselves safe and, and we're, we're recording this podcast remotely. This month, we do want to get into, though, just kind of what you can do to keep yourself more safe and secure as uh, you do online shopping for the Christmas season. Um, with times of COVID, uh, I'm guessing, you know, it's it's not going to be going to the store and picking up a present. It's going to be going to Amazon um, and putting, you know, your credit card down and having having that present shipped somewhere or shipped to yourself. And so it's a bit more uh, cyber than gift buying has been before. Um, and we just kind of want to give you pointers on how you can keep yourself safe during this time. Sean, would you want to go into kind of like what a high level, just simple things you can do to keep yourself safe uh, while online shopping? Yeah, I think we want to touch on, I think, the, you know, four to five points, um, you know, throughout this episode. So I think when you're looking at, you know, how, how do you understand like the privacy policies of certain website that you're shopping on? Um, the difference between using like a public Wi-Fi if you're using shopping while you're at, say, like a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you know, what the difference between like a secure website and what that looks like versus just any, you know, random Joe Schmo website that he built. Um, any type of up-to-date software that you should be using on your personal devices, whether it's an iPad or a, a Kindle or a laptop, just making sure that you have some up-to-date software like an antivirus and making sure that things are actually updated. Uh, and then finally, too, just making sure that you're checking your bank accounts through all this. This is obviously a, a huge time for crime in general, um, and cybercrime has just been an upward trend of the last few years, and it's not going to be any different this holiday season. So making sure that you're you're keeping your accounts locked down and that you're actively monitoring to make sure there's no odd purchases that are going on without your, your knowledge. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think the first thing we should touch on is just the um, added security of having a password manager. Um, one thing that, that 
uh, is free and available. It's like LastPass. You can you can go online uh, if you just sign up for an account. Um, you're able to download it, and then you can manage uh, passwords for different websites uh, just from one centralized location. And it's nice that it adds one layer of security, as in you just have to sign into the password manager to be able to access the passwords. Um, so if you don't have a password manager and someone compromises your credentials and they're able to get into your computer, um, if you just have your uh, if you just have your password saved in like Google or somewhere locally on the PC, uh, there's nothing stopping for stopping. There's nothing stopping someone from taking those passwords off your computer. Uh, but if you have something like LastPass in place with a different password than your computer password, uh, then it just gives that added layer of security and, and gives possible hackers less information to your computer. And I think even at a higher level too. I mean, not even just worrying about someone compromising your computer or your device, uh, the ability to last pass or key pass or any type of the password managers have is it generates a, a, a just a random password. So I know uh, the Google Chrome passwords, um, just like the, the normal keychain with Google Chrome has been doing that. Um, I don't think Apple's there yet with the, the keychain. Um, however, just having something where it generates a password and it syncs across all your devices, what it does is it allows you to have a unique password for every website that isn't easily guessable and it keeps you secure just in the sense that there are websites compromised almost every day and there's data dumps and there's leaks and it's it's crazy amount of data that's out there as far as like just your passwords in general um one of the most popular websites that in just the security field is have i been pwned and what that does is it allows you to look up an email address or a website and see what website was hacked, um, if there's been data dumps on it. So you can go and look up your email address and have I been pwned and it'll actually list if you've been compromised through like various websites and what password was associated with that. So with these websites that are compromised throughout the days, your password doesn't ever go away and it's something that anybody could technically go and look up. So with that, if you're using the same password for every single website or at least a version of that password, so whether, you know, one password has a capital letter, the other has an exclamation point at the end, but it's using you know your dog's name. It's something that's super guessable from someone that's trying to brute force an account. And that just opens up many doors to someone being able to just to log in your account without any issue. So using that password manager in conjunction with maybe a, a, a two-factor authentication. Um, I know stuff like some websites like Google and you know Chase, they will notify you if there's been a sign in from a different location. And actually I want to say like Netflix has been doing that Hulu. It, it actually might be baked into a lot of these different products now where you just get an email saying like, Hey, like, you know, there's a new sign in from this device. Does it seem okay? If not change your password, but having, having a password manager, unique passwords through, across the board for different websites using extra security for banking or any type of financial information that's going to keep you secure just to avoid any type of mishaps. Because the last thing that everyone wants be during the last month of the year with how crazy work usually is with the holidays and trying to wrap everything up for the end of the year, the last thing you want to deal with is trying to get on the phone with your bank and figure out you know these, these fraudulent purchases or charges. Yeah, you make a good point about the uh, haveibeenpwned.com website. Um, that would be a good exercise for everybody to do before we go into like the online shopping season. Uh, just give your email uh, a quick search. It'll let you know what websites that that you've been compromised on, and then that will help you uh, 
that will help you figure out, you know, if you should change passwords or going into new websites, if you should start using a completely different password or random passwords. Um, so that would be a good exercise for everyone to do. Also, going back to LastPass, um, one thing that is nice about it is just the ability to copy and paste passwords because I know um, – before I started using a password manager, uh, I think like when Google recommends the password of random numbers and, and random letters, I would always skip it because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and remember all of these pa passwords and letters. This is going to be impossible. And uh, once once you get a password manager, then it becomes it makes those passwords a lot more appealing. Uh, you can just set them, put them in your password manager, and then it's just a simple copy and paste from there. Completely agree. And the the advantage of using something like a LastPass where you have an app that you can download to any of your devices. So um, it's for, for Google, a lot of people will just have your passwords on that device. But then if you try to log in from your phone or something like that, you're just stuck where you then have to reset your password and it becomes a game of your security is just resetting your password all the time, which after like two or three, you're going to eventually just use a weak password just for the ease of use. So having something like LastPass where you have the app to then just copy and paste, you know, the second you go to that website, LastPass will pop up on your iPhone. Just be like, hey, like, do you want to use this password? And it's it is it's just an autofill. It's across the board. And it, again, it, it tightens that security posture. And and, you know, the the con of this is it's not something that takes five minutes. I mean, you will have to sit down on a Saturday and spend a couple hours just getting it set up making sure your, your current accounts are imported. Uh, Google Chrome and a bunch of the different browsers already offer ways to import current passwords. Um, but then just going through and checking to see like, hey, is this a weak password? Is this reuse? Let's go through and reset it. it. It is something that takes some time. I know when I initially did it, it did take you know two or three hours just to make sure everything was set and working across my devices. But Sometimes that two or three hours is going to save you days worth of headaches down the line. So it's one of those where as people are starting to burn their PTO at the end of the year, you know, you got family coming in, you, you want to get away from the, the in-laws and everything. You just sit down, have a couple hours, make some coffee and go through and just make sure that the security passwords are tightened up. Uh, it'll definitely save you go, heading into 2021. Yeah, yeah, and it even gives you a little talking point. Now, if your family's together at Christmas, instead of uh, arguing about politics, you can talk about this sweet password manager that you have, and then everyone can get safe and secure. <laughs> but, Nothing uh, like computer computer technology as the the topic of choice across Christmas dinner, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, super interesting. But the the idea of of like LastPass, and it does take two to three hours to set up. But again, it's it's like one of the simplest ways that people that are non tech savvy can step up their security posture. Um, all it does is you don't really have to have an extensive knowledge of of cybersecurity. I do think sometimes people tend to, when they think of cybersecurity, they think of some, you know, people from the movies that are sitting in a dark room, like running code to try to like hack into your computer. And then it's it gets a bit overwhelming. And then you feel in over your head and you don't really know just simple ways you can help your security posture without being tech savvy. And really, a password manager is probably like that first way to step up your security posture and uh, also not having like a vast knowledge on cybersecurity. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned the whole th that stereotype of, you know, someone who's a, a hacker being you know, in this dark room, you know, the, the super complex, smart person that's trying to like, you know, be a criminal and take this information. Um, a scene that sort of popped in my head when you're talking about that is uh, from the movie Social Network, which came out, you know, 
more than a few years ago, but it was kind of that story of like how Facebook got started with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, but the initial the scene of like when he creates the first version of Facebook is he actually just hacked his school's um, websites, like just went in the web pages, changed it. And and I guess for me, it just shows like, yeah, Zuckerberg was a super smart person, super unique, forward thinking. But the idea was that he was bored and angry because a girl broke up with him. So just within two hours, he said, oh, I'm just going to hack all these websites just for fun. And that's kind of like the mindset that people need to start taking on when they think of cyber criminals and cybersecurity is it it doesn't have to be this huge corporation or this huge you know multi-person job it can be something as simple as just a bored college kid that's tired of the remote classes and just wants to do something for fun to entertain them yeah no you definitely make a good point so that's why just simple ways you can step up your security posture it's really going to help out during the holiday season for sure but even beyond the holiday season you'll see the benefits of this for the next couple of years 100 percent agree so once you get your password manager, I think the next things that we should talk about is then accessing these sites. How can you securely access these sites? What are some simple things that, that you can look for while on the site to give you that extra layer of secure, extra you know blanket telling you that that this is actually secure? And I think the the first thing that that we can talk about is just the difference between like a public Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi that would be sitting in, in your house. And when you're doing online shops you definitely want to be on a secure network. Now, if you're someone that you know has Comcast or AT&T set up at home, if you're sitting in your house, um, it's usually you could usually count that as secure. Um, the the Wi-Fi's that we're talking about that aren't secure would be if you go to like a coffee shop or if you're at a restaurant and you're connected to their Wi-Fi. Um, you always want to be conscious of the the type of data you're letting run through their Wi-Fi. Yeah. And I know in my past, um, just consulting for small businesses and stuff like that, like, um, it was always important for the business owners to be like, Hey, like we want a, just a, a public Wi-Fi just in case we have people coming in for a meeting or guests coming in. We want something that they can, they can have connection without necessarily being on our network. And, you know, it, when I was consulting, it was pretty much like an hourly, that's how they'd pay me to just set stuff up. So when when it came down to crunch time, they would say, oh, it's been like 15 minutes, just get it set up, make it this easy password and be out the door. Um, and that was me having the, the technical knowledge of like, all right, let's at least just make this have a, a decent password, make sure it has the right encryption grade set. But there's a lot of times where these small restaurants or, you know, the coffee shops or these people that are getting set up on their own, they're kind of Googling stuff. So they could be setting up their, their Wi-Fi to use a lower encryption grade. Um, so a lower encryption grade would be WEP versus WPA2, um, which might be getting a little too technical in that sense. But um, yeah, like they could be setting it up wrong where then if you're on their public Wi-Fi, it might not be blocked off. So somebody like Corey and I, who just had that little bug of curiosity, could see, well, you know, can we ping their router? And if it's a public Wi-Fi that isn't sectioned off, you'll be able to do that. The next step is, can I log into it with an admin default password? There's a good chance that if they didn't set up the Wi-Fi correctly, 
they didn't log in and configure the router with a different admin password. So it's probably going to be using something like admin for the username, admin for password. And you can get in and somebody can either mess with the Wi-Fi. They could just sit there and look at the traffic going across, which means they can see what websites you're going to, any type of information passed. So they could be looking at your username, your passwords, uh, account information. If you're putting in banking or credit card information, they could just sit there and sort of watch that go through and capture it and take it home and then just sort of, scan it see what information they got it's it's yeah. go ahead yeah no and even one step beyond that is like people that are very tech savvy you know hackers that are, are very very tech savvy um they don't even need to kind of brute force the router like there are uh pieces of hardware that you can put in place that filters internet traffic through it so without even having um the admin password to a router or, or, you know, ha having any idea what the password is, you can still set up systems in public areas that funnel all of the uh, Wi-Fi traffic, and then they can get uh, that information. It's kind of the same concept of, like, ATMs. Have you ever seen before where, like, criminals will, will put um, – different measures into public ATMs that steal your credit card data um, as you're using it. Yeah, yeah. And same thing with like people putting like the, the card skimmers in gas station um, pumps. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically uh, that same type of concept, but just think of it now virtually with Wi-Fi. Yeah, and, and one of those tools is actually called the Wi-Fi Pineapple. Um, I know some of our pen testing teams, they show me that. Um, I've seen how they work and essentially what it does is it mimics a public Wi-Fi. So a lot of our phones, they will automatically jump on a Wi-Fi if it's, you know, Xfinity free or Starbucks or a generalized name. They can sit there and throw that Wi-Fi pineapple out and you actually may be connecting to their piece of hardware, like you said, Corey. So then without hacking in anything, you're just openly connecting to their device and all of your traffic is then theirs to view, which is it's scary to think about. And that's why personally, like I will you know, always use my data, on my cell phone over any type of you know, public Wi-Fi, unless it's like an absolute dire situation. Um, you know, if it if it's a laptop and your hotspot isn't working, then maybe going on a public Wi-Fi. But even then, I, I try to stay away from it as much as I can. Yeah, so so when accessing a website, I think the first piece of advice we'd give you is just be conscious of the of the Wi-Fi that you're connecting to. Um, if it's in a public place, if you don't absolutely have to purchase anything in that moment, or you don't absolutely have to visit a website while you're out in public on on Wi-Fi, um, don't do it. Wait till you get home because that's the more secure environment that you'd like to be in while you're making transactions or typing in credit card numbers, uh, putting in your address, just kind of things like that. Definitely. That's that's probably the easiest one that we could first start with. And then the next we can roll into is the, the difference um, between HTTPS site and HTTP um, and how you can sort of tell the difference just from, from what you're looking at, um, you know, in, in a, a basic overview of like sort of what that is. So Corey, do you want to start up with like what, what to even look for basically for the differences between the two websites? Yeah, I mean, the quick things you look for um, are just, it's literally in the search bar and the URL bar. It'll be, you know, every website starts with HTTPS or HTTP, and that's a massive difference in IT. Um, HTTPS is encrypting and securing all of your traffic going to that website. So there's security measures in place between your computer and the website you're visiting. And all that information you send to the website is being securely sent to that website. But with HTTP, 
it's completely unencrypted. It, there's no security measures between your computer and that website. And that um, information is kind of free flowing from your computer to the website and it makes it much easier to obtain um, the traffic that you're sending to that website. Yeah. And beyond just looking for like that HTTPS, a lot of the websites now, it'll either have the link shows up in green, which shows that it's it's secure. Um, and then there's also like browsers that will just show the padlock. Um, some people call it yeah. a handbag. I know I know my mom looked and she's like, oh yeah, it has the handbag. The handbag. Which <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a couple of quick things to look for. Um, at this point, you're going to see almost every single website is going to have the the correct encryption and it's going to be secure um up until i want to say it was last year i i was noticing just with with and this is sort of like off the wall but um the espn fantasy football website was actually still using http which i thought was pretty wild for a company as big as espn and how huge fantasy football was um for it to still be using an unencrypted you know pattern of their website and i remember my my family got a fantasy football league together and i told everyone like hey if this isn't secure like make sure your fantasy football password like isn't anything that you normally use for like banking or like whatever i told them you know so of course i got the eye rolls from everybody but it, it's true like sometimes you just sort of can't help but put that information out there um yeah. so it's, it, it is something to always sort of keep an eye on and just to check for you know it's it could shock you what what websites still aren't really that compliant yeah, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, all these measures that we're, we're telling people to do, like, it, it, we're not saying that if you don't have a password manager and you're on public Wi-Fi and you go to an HTTP website, uh, that we're not saying that there's a 100% chance you're going to get hacked. It's still kind of a needle in the haystack situation, but at the end of the day, there's so much internet traffic going around, you at least want to do everything you can to stay safe and secure while you're browsing the internet. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 scare tactics to an ex extent, um, but this does happen in real life a lot. So if there are quick, easy things to use as a preventative measure, like why wouldn't you take those steps, especially if it's something as simple as, you know, even if you're not using a password manager, just double checking to make sure that you're on the correct Wi-Fi and that the website you're going to is kind of secure. Yeah, I had a, a buddy of mine. Now, he didn't get his, his card compromised via a website, but he did have his card compromised uh, a couple summers ago. And it took him, you know, all the money was drained out of his bank account by the next morning. And uh, when he went to, you know, work with Chase to get that money back, he, he ended up getting the money back. But it is like, a, it took him like six to eight months of going through reviews with Chase, um, having to submit statements to, to get his money back. So it's these little small kind of, you know, 10 minute to three hour measures that you can do to avoid having to go through a six to eight month process of getting, you know, your money back because your account was compromised. Yeah. And, and what's crazy too is, um, the amount of people that still use like their debit card when it comes to like online shopping and buying stuff. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that are anti credit card or they don't want to use credit cards or it's just for emergencies. I can't stress enough to people that with your debit card and it, it's the same thing that your buddy went through with a debit card, like your money's gone and you have to prove like, this was my money. I didn't take it out or I didn't steal it. Like I need this back. And if, Someone has – if your checking account's drained, I mean the money's gone. You have nothing backing that up because it's just gone. But if you're using credit cards, at most, it's a charge on your card that you dispute and say like, hey, I didn't do this. And then the credit card company within three days will take it off and then they're the ones that have to go and prove and do all that fighting with the banks and stuff like that. So it is – it's 
it's one of those where like the credit cards, like kind of that, that little bit of a demon, but in these situations where you are putting your information out there, you want to use something that won't put you in a hole for six months. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, and while we're on the topic of like using credit cards versus debit cards online, you kind of want to go into basically why it's good to use a credit card online and base and and how credit cards are using uh, that virtual card that has a different number on it. Um, just kind of touch on how even just using a credit card uh, can be a bit more secure than using a debit card. Yeah. Yeah. So with the with the credit cards and this is stuff that I don't know if every single credit card provider offers this, but um, the one that I saw and that I, I use daily um, is with Capital One. They offer within the app and the websites to create a virtual credit card. And what that means is it just generates another set of credit card information. So it's a new card number, you know, expiration date, security code. It's got all that, but it's still in your name and linked to your Capital One account. So then when I do online shopping, I can put that virtual card in there and that way in case that website is is a, like compromised and that credit card's stolen, I know that I don't have to cancel the credit card that's in my wallet and I carry around every day. And what I do is I have that virtual credit card just so that way, um, you know, if I have any type of auto pay set up for utility or something like that. I have that set up just so that way it's a quick flip of, okay, like I don't have to wait for a new card in the mail. I can cancel this virtual one, create a new one within 30 minutes and plug it into my utilities. So that way I don't have to go through like, you know, getting put on a watch list for my water bill or my gas bill or anything like that. So you go, but like utilizing that, that's, it's, it's important because as we go through the holidays and as there's going to be more online shopping this year, because a lot more people aren't going to be going to the malls or the stores or buying stuff in person, you're going to start seeing stuff where like, Hey, I want to buy that, but it's not on Amazon or it's not on target. Like it's on this, this weirder, you know, lesser known website. I've never really went there before, but like, this is perfect for my nephew. So I want to buy this, having something where you can put that card in and know that if it is some scammer out there, that's just sitting there waiting for that website to be compromised, you can just cancel that and it's not going to interrupt anything in your day-to-day. Yeah, and, and just having – and let's say they ta- they get the virtual credit card. The difference between A, having that account put on credit, not coming through completely out of your account to start with, just having it kind of hanging in the balance of credit – is a where you would want to be compromised at because then you can go through the process of contesting that payment with your credit card provider and it's not like money has been actively taken out of your account and the ability to um change your card number so simply and safely um is why like credit cards are definitely the better move to buy with during the holiday season versus using your debit card um it just gives you more options and it gives you uh, it, it gives you different avenues that you can recover from if you possibly were hacked or that card was taken and you're seeing charges that, that shouldn't be on there. Yeah. And obviously, it's like using a credit card might not be an option for everybody. You may have to put your debit card in. Um, one route that I've actually told friends to do in the past is like instead of putting your debit card into Amazon, um, you know, you can buy a, a Visa gift card or an Amazon gift card or whatever it is and use that as the money you purchase with from online versus throwing your debit card into every single website um, that's out there. It's it's an option that's like a, a layer that anybody can do then. Um, I think with the Visa gift cards, there's a small fee with that, but sometimes that, that $2 fee might be, might be worth the peace of mind. Um, on the yeah, gift. you may... 
Yeah, you make a good point. Like the yeah, if credit card is not an option, if, if you've allocated you know three or four hundred dollars to spend on presents between everyone this year, then just go buy a four hundred dollar Visa gift card, and uh, you know just put all the charges on there. That way, after the holiday season, the card number that you were using to buy all these gifts really just doesn't exist anymore. And you know it does exist, but it will have a balance of zero, so there's no power behind that card number. Right. Yeah, it's the debit card stuff. I mean, it's it, it's. Debit card's tough because it's you need it, it has to be used. Um, but it's it's scary because if that does get compromised, like that's gonna that's gonna be an issue that goes into twenty twenty one. I mean, if my debit card was compromised today, like that's gonna be something that I'm dealing with until January or February, if not into the summer, um, which is just a headache that nobody wants in that sense. Um, and and it goes without saying, obviously during all this time, we're we're making a lot of purchases, we're we're buying stuff, we're getting geared up for the winter. Um, just always keep a, a day-to-day count on like what you've bought. Um, with all the apps available now for banking, you can easily log in every day and just double check. I know for all all my cards, um, whether it's debit or credit card, I have the little notifications where I get a text every time that a card is used. Um, it gets annoying when I am buying stuff. I you know feel my phone vibrate to get the text, but that way, in the event that I am just at you know well not at the office, I'm working from home, but all of a sudden my phone vibrates that it was used. I can call right away and just get right on that, which actually did happen to me last year or two years ago. Um, I was sitting there working and I got a buzz that like I spent a hundred dollars at a gas station in Georgia. So called Capital One right away. I'm like, yep, I'm in Chicago. This wasn't me. So it was just something that took 15 minutes to call and say, Hey, just, you know, cancel this, send me a new card. Was that compromise a part of the Capital One compromise that happened like a year and a half ago? I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, cause like I yeah. said, this was about two years ago. Um, and it's it may have been part of that, and it may have been part of something like with Target when Target compromised. Um, there was like two or three years ago, I felt like there was a few big companies that got that targeted with a bunch of different payment information. So I'm sure it was out there. Like after the Capital One thing, um, I actually went through and just got a new debit card and a new, uh, you know, second credit card too. I just got rid of everything just to start fresh in case there was anything else out there, just less headaches, right? Yeah, and and uh, it, it is funny because right around the time that that my buddy got his debit card compromised and was going through the situation of getting that money back, um, I was a part of the Capital One breach, and I was just sitting on my couch in the living room one day, and it just popped up on my phone that my purchase for five dollars and eighty two cents from a McDonald's in Brooklyn had been approved, and I remember being like, "Hmm, this seems a little bit funny." <laughs> and I sat on it for maybe like ten or fifteen minutes without doing anything, and fifteen minutes later, like a twenty dollar charge from a convenience store in Brooklyn popped up as well, and I was, you know, so I'm I'm like twenty five dollars all in on on compromises, and I was able to call Capital One. Um, they canceled my card immediately. They weren't able to make any further purchases, and that $25 was refunded on my account within the next three days. I mean, just the simplicity of that process uh, was so nice having to go through that versus getting everything taken out and then having to get it back. So, you I know what's crazy about that is the reason why they do those $5 or $20 purchases is because so many people that do have the notifications set up, they have it set where it's like, oh, if it spends over $100 or spends over $200 or spends to like this percentage of my credit limit, like then notify me. Yeah. So, when you make these $5, the $20 thing, like they sort of test it and they're testing like, all right, like, okay, $20, I can buy in $20 increments. No one's canceling this. Um it's it's pretty crazy. It's like they're just sort of testing the waters to see like when it's going to get 
you know, killed or compromised. So um, that's that's yeah. funny you mentioned that. Yeah, well, the joke's on them because they stole the credit card information of like a 22, 23-year-old that $25 made a difference in his life. So I was on that pretty quickly. <laughs> so then we've we've kind of talked about, uh, you know, how you can keep passwords safe, um, how you can uh, distinguish the difference between a safe Wi-Fi and website and, you know, a possibly uh, unsafe uh Wi-Fi and website, but I think the the kind of last or next thing we should talk about is also keeping like an antivirus up to date at all times on your computer. Um, Windows, if you're on like a Windows 10 machine, they have a you know built-in antivirus. Windows has a built-in firewall, and it's a nice kind of first measure to have on the computer. You know, any security is better than no security, but they do mass produce these computers and it's not really customized uh, to fit your life. There's a lot of antiviruses out there that kind of offer AI in it now and it can it can kind of watch your patterns to know if what is going on on your computer is something that's that's uh, typical and if it's not typical then it get, it automatically blocks it and then gives you the ability to unblock it if it ended up being something that you were trying to do but it's just outside of your regular outside of your of your regular metrics. Sean, do you kind of want to talk a little bit more in depth of the advantage of having uh, an antivirus on your computer during the holiday season? Yeah, and I, I think it goes beyond just the holiday season. Um, you know, standard you should always try to have some type of supplemental antivirus in the machine. Um, you know, I, I know three or four years ago, the joke was always that Windows Defender didn't do anything. It's actually become a lot more robust. Like Windows Defender does help. Um, however, around the holidays, like so Black Friday holiday season, like a lot of these software companies put a bunch of their stuff on like a massive sale. So this is definitely the time where you can get like a three year um, purchase of something like a Trend Micro or a WebRoot. Um, you know, I personally stay away from Norton. Um, it's more like a virus and it's an antivirus at this point for pop-ups, <laughs> but um, there, it's, it's a lot of stuff. We'll just read a couple good reviews. Um, you know, Trend Micro is something that we use a lot of. Uh, WebRoot something that I deployed at, at past companies and it was pretty lightweight, but the antivirus like setting up is it's very simple across the board. It's usually just a couple, you know, quick install buttons and you pop in the key that came with the box. Um, but it, it does provide that extra layer of protection. Like I said, with the holidays, like a lot of these things are on sale where it's like you can get three years worth of an antivirus for the price of what it is normally one year or something like that. They, they want people to buy this because this is the time that people are buying computers, they're buying tablets. So they're trying to package those antivirus solutions with it i know like when you buy ipads or stuff from best buy now a lot of them include like six months or one year of an antivirus so um a lot of these companies are being packaged with different tech tech products that you're buying for a, a gift but this is just something that's always been known you know if you have a computer at home you have a laptop make sure you have some type of antivirus or anti-malware on there um it just it it gives you again that extra layer of protection which is what we talked about this whole whole podcast is just there's a good chance that if you run a computer that doesn't have antivirus, that you're going to be fine the entire time you use it. But the one time that you need it, if you have the antivirus, like you're safe and you're going to be fine and it's going to catch that. So it's just that that prevention and that that rainy day mentality of if this happens, I want to make sure that I'm good to go. Yeah, and it's just with, with tech, it's always smarter to be proactive than reactive. So everything we're going over, um, you know, we're not going to sit here and tell you that if, if you – if you 
go against anything we say on here, then you're bound to get hacked and you're like, and you know, it's going to turn into a mess and everything, but it's just kind of getting yourself in that thought process of how can I be proactive versus reactive? Because dealing with the man hours to be proactive is much easier and much simple than having to deal with the man hours to be reactive. Yeah, completely agree. And, um, yeah, it's a proactive mentality. That's just, it's what it comes down to. I mean, this year has been the weirdest year of my entire life. So I mean, it's, it's one of those where things come up and you need to make sure you're, you're proactive in a sense of, okay, like if this happens, am I going to be okay? It's kind of like insurance, same thing. Like I, you know, I pay for insurance every, you know, every month for my car and it's like, well, I haven't, you know, knock on wood, nothing's happened yet. But in the event that does happen, I want to make sure that I'm good to go. Yeah, no, that's a really good comparison. So I think to just kind of, uh, again, give an overview of everything we talked about, essentially the, the, the easiest way uh, to get the most security for someone that is non-technical is to be on a computer in their house that has an antivirus enabled. Um, you're going to websites that are HTTPS websites or secure, uh, secure websites, and you're also making purchases on these websites with a virtual credit card. Um, that's kind of the the simplest way. And you're also using a password manager to access all these websites, you know, kind of taking those first proactive steps. Uh, they're pretty simple, but during the holiday season, we all have enough stress with coronavirus and getting gifts for people and figuring out if we can meet up with our families. You know, we already have all that to think about. We should at least have a peace of mind when we're going to buy these gifts online for people that um, our card information isn't going to get hacked and there's going to be a six to eight month, you know, fallout that we have to deal with afterwards. Yeah, exactly. It's it, that's just being proactive, making sure that we're good to go. Um, yeah, I think that that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, I think that's uh, all we got for you guys this month. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, and as always, if it's something that that you want to be more involved in, feel free to reach out to us on all of our social medias. You can ask us questions about any of the topics we've brought up. You can also give us ideas for what you'd like to listen to You know, during the next episode. Uh, we definitely appreciate uh, everyone that tunes in and listens to this on an, an every two-week basis now. Um, and next month, we'll be, we'll be joining you again in January with a completely new uh, two-part series, and hope to see you guys there.